reduce your caseload in the other areas and shift your focus to Los Angeles. UCLA. And at the rock concert. All right. Right. Come on by and welcome to episode 60, the season finale of the Super Peep Podcast. It is I, Polo Parata, in my uh, New York State of Mind heavy mask, I should say. Brett, you did an awesome job, but the mask needs to be a little bit lighter. Anyway, um, yeah, we're back. This is the last episode of this season. We have done nine episodes so far. This is the 10th one. I have a special, special guest. I met him through my friend Brett, New York State of Mind. Cole, that's how you said New State of Mind, Cole. Mr. Justin Bizarro. How are you? How are you doing, bro? I'm doing awesome. Thank you for having me. So, I didn't know I was the season finale. That's a yes, little more pressure now. I'm like, the, I'm, like the, I'm like the ending act. Yes, if you remember when I met you. Yeah. And we were, you had that, that awesome like group thing you yeah. did at, at South Street Seaport. I was like, dude, can you come on my show? I want to do the season finale with you. And you were like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, uh, I was like, sure, I'll get on your show. I didn't really think you were serious exactly. about the season finale, but yeah, yeah I'm man. honored. I appreciate it. No, for because sure. I think you, you know, the stuff you talk about, you know, uh, online and just the stuff you promote, yeah, is very important these days. Because there's a lot of people, that even I know, that are scared to take a chance or scared yep. to, you know, j- jump off that cliff. You know, they have like talents that they're not utilizing. But just tell people what you do, because I'm just... Well, I think I'm going to touch on your point real quick, and then I'll tell everyone what I do. I think one of the things that it it should, like, all humans should live by is we need to realize that there are only one of us ever that will exist, Mm -hmm. okay? And if we're not maximizing our impact as that one individual or that influence and building legacies, okay? And I'm not talking about my personal legacy, and I'm not talking about financially. I'm talking about for the betterment of mankind, the animals on the planet, the planet itself, and maybe even the universe eventually, depending on, you know, what's out there. It's about being unique, okay? There's a term that a renaissance man, you Mm -hmm. know, that means well-rounded. And it's something that stuck to me at a very young age. Like, how do I get as much? Like, Leonardo da Vinci, he was a painter, he's a sculptor, he's an inventor, he's an engineer. You know, he designed helicopters. He, you know, some of the first that we didn't, that we don't even know if they flew because they never had the engines. You know, he was close to discovering a steam engine I heard the other day. I don't know if that's true or not, but... That type of thing, like how do I diversify my skills? How do I diversify my myself as much as possible so I am unique as possible, so I am I am different as possible, but also I'm as valuable as possible. Because in this world, in, in the way that we live, while money's man-made, it is we we generate a life of value, not necessarily always monetarily, but also in the, our friendships, in our lives, in our education. And that value is what we give back to the world. And again, it's not always monetarily, you know, and it's not always we're attracting money. It's also we're attracting the humans around us. So I think for the most part, um, to your point, you know, it's always about how can I gain more? How can I push myself farther? How can I always be seeking discomfort uh, and, and by that, I mean growth, mm-hmm. you know, and, and learning different things. So that's just been the way it is. I've never been stuck to one thing, right. you know. And so when you ask what I do, 
you know, I started off at a very young age, like from the day I was born, I don't know how to describe it, but I knew in my head that I was an entrepreneur. Okay. I didn't know the word itself when I was young, but I did know that I wanted to be in business in my own. I didn't want other people to control my destiny. I wanted to be able to control as much of my destiny, God willing and within God's plan Mm -hmm. as possible. And so like from a very young age, I just was, my mind was there. Like whether it was like designing an arcade for all my friends, like I was in this mode of just creativity all the time. And I'm not talking about like, I can't draw for crap. You know, I'm not, I don't play music. Mm -hmm. Um, I wish I could, you know, I dabble in that stuff a little bit and keyboards and stuff like that. But, you know, and that's part of the expanding and, and being a better person and learning languages. But back in the day, I just knew that I wanted to be in business. I knew that I wanted to be in business. I knew that I had leadership skills that I was gaining them. I grew up on a horse farm uh, and I grew up on a functioning farm. And it's what my mom did for a living, showing, traveling, uh, uh, the breeding, the the training, the breaking, the all the stuff, the barrel racing, the stuff like that, that are all related Western and English within the quarter horses, the American quarter horses. So I was fortunate enough where my parents really saw that I had this hunger to like make money or go provide solutions for people. So at a very young age, they just put me on a tractor, turned on the key, showed me how to turn on and off the mower, even though I couldn't touch the pedals, set it in cruise control and I would mow. Mm. By the time I was seven, I was on the massive tractors on the farm and, you know, between five and nine, I had figured out how to hustle my way around my community to offer those services to people mm-hmm. and my parents taught me <clears throat> excuse me mm-hmm. how to pay them back how yeah. to you know lease the equipment from them basically how to pay them the depreciation how to pay them the gasoline all those type of things mm-hmm. yeah those are good qualities so <clears throat> you know that led into you know landscaping and doing landscaping with friends and then that led into fruit stands and fruit and things like that. So, you know, I got in the food space. Wow, I've never lost my voice like this. I know. It's like going it's like going out. <clears throat> and um, there we go. Yeah. And so, you know, my father was in food. He was a CEO of a company called Cater Air International. They did they had over two hundred or over over hundred and twenty, excuse me, uh airline kitchens all over the all over the world. Mm. Uh, majority were in the United States, but I, I got to see international business also at a very young age. I also was good at soccer, so from thirteen to seventeen I'd spend a lot of summer, most of my summers in Europe playing soccer while these businesses were running back home with my friends running them. Mm-hmm. So I just, again, no one told me that I was only like the business mindset was only to do one thing, concentrate on one thing. You know, you hear a lot today, be good at one thing and then worry about expanding. And I get the concept. It's just never the way my mind has worked. It's always Mm -hmm. been, you know, diversifying. How do I expose myself to more? How do I grow? How do I become more valuable to those around me, whether that's growing the humans, whether that's providing them jobs, whether that's having dreams big enough to fit all of their dreams and their family's dreams in it, because that's also something that's always been a part of everyone's like, oh, your head's in the clouds and, you know, who are you and make fun of me and your ideas are too big and whatever. But what you don't realize is there has to be people with these big ideas, these big dreams, because everyone else's dreams technically fit into those dreams. Mm -hmm. 
and without those big dreams to actually encompass and make everything possible for people to put their kids through school, for them to have the European vacations, for them to go do an African safari, whatever their dreams are, it has to be there has to be an entrepreneur or a catalyst in there with a bigger dream that actually their dream fits into. Mm -hmm. So I think that that's really where I am, that's where I am as an entrepreneur, but I'm mainly in the food space. Right. I, I do media as well, the podcast. I have mm -hmm. four podcasts. Four. Just in the food entrepreneurs uh, is the biggest one. That's right. my the first one I started, but now I have um, the Night Dasher, uh, uh, Night as in K-N-I-G-H-T, and Dasher, D-A-S-H-O-R, oh, because okay. Dasher is uh, copyrighted by DoorDash. <laughs> so just uh, <laughs> <laughs> I had to pivot around that one a little yeah. bit legally. And, uh, yeah. and then I have the Justin Ryan Bizarro Show. But those, like all of it is about like, being an entrepreneur for the sake of growing the world around me. Mm -hmm. I don't know how to describe it. It isn't always because of me or my desire for money. It was never about that, actually. It was always about the reward of seeing growth around me in positive ways. Mm -hmm. And uh, when it came to food and hospitals, because that's where we first got into, it was a natural way to see that we're bringing food and this is a way to heal people. You know, this is a way to be preventative medicine, to keep them out of the hospitals. Not only can we do better in our hospital food, but we can do better in our food in general and start teaching better habits and stuff mm -hmm. like that. Um, I just had no idea there was such Goliaths out there that wanted the opposite for us. They want right. us to not eat healthy. They want it to be mass produced. They want it to be whatever. And they don't live life by an entrepreneur or a business is about doing the right thing. It's sometimes they're just like, let's make money, mm -hmm. you know, and maybe that works and they have their purpose. It's just not mine, right. you know? So I've been in the food game, you know, from the day I started fruit stands at 16 years old to now I'm 43. So it's a long time. Mm -hmm. Food service partners was around for 24 years from when I was 18 years old. I uh, used all the money I had from soccer, all the money I had from all my businesses, all my college savings to actually help start food service partners with business partners. Mm -hmm. uh, one of them being my father, um, obviously, because he had the experience in the food game and running massive kitchens. Mm -hmm. And the first contract we ever got was the Kaiser Permanente Hospitals in Northern California, uh, doing about 10,000 meals a day. Um, during the height and as low as 7,500 meals a day during like the financial crisis when everyone all of a sudden bailed out of voluntary surgeries. So, you know, um, you know, that was the first contract. We did the New York City hospitals for HHC from 2005 to 2022. Wow. So, I mean, massive contract, mm -hmm. massive amount of meals, right. massive amount of food. But a lot of it was how do we build from scratch? Okay, how do we 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 focus on sourcing the food from 250 to 300 miles? Okay, and if it doesn't exist, how do I find farmers and how do I find a community that's willing to convert their farms or convert their their chickens to organic chickens so I have organic eggs for me? And how long does that take? So you know, it's not just let me go find this. That doesn't exist a lot of times when you're doing hundreds of thousands of meals a day. You've got to go create your own market. And even though Whole Foods existed, Whole Foods as a whole didn't do as many much food a day as we did in the New York City hospitals, for mm -hmm. example. You know, and how many chicken breasts we sold and how many bone-in chicken because we try to take the bone out of the chicken here right. in New York City. And there's a hunger strike, basically, mm -hmm. because 
you can you don't want bones in hospitals because of choking hazards. But here in New York City, don't take out the bone because no one will believe it's chicken because of the immigrant population if it doesn't have a bone in it. Oh gosh! And it, it was the craziest <laughs> thing. It, you know things like that. But it it taught me a lot. It taught me about sourcing. It taught me about what is how do we better our products so we're actually healing the bodies that are already compromised in the hospitals. How do we use food? as a fighter and not just a maintainer right you know like we look at food a lot like oh they're in the hospital let's use the medicine okay man-made okay well what about the things that were actually out there that naturally are there to help us become bigger become stronger to help us heal that actually naturally supplement our bodies you know mm. it's no different than you know you only absorb 20 to 25 percent of any vitamin you take because our body is never meant to absorb vitamins in that way mm-hmm so it rejects a majority of it. Mm-hmm. Because why? We're not meant to eat that way. If you eat real food, you get more nutrients and, and vitamins and stuff like that. So I think there's a lot there. I'm, I'm all over the board a little bit. But right. I'm sort of... Um, the main thing I will do right now is I'm the co-founder of Freedom Foods. It's basically what was Food Service Partners with a, a new group of partners... Um, with a better mindset, a more worldly view of diversifying our proteins, diversifying our fruits and vegetables well beyond what we understand now. I mean, it's it's while a grocery store does it, most people, if you're eating meat, you're only eating beef, chicken, maybe turkey and pork. Okay, those are four things Mm -hmm. like you're getting your nutrients from only four sources there of meat. Okay, maybe you throw in a fish or a shrimp here, six. Mm-hmm. okay really we should have 20 sources of protein in our diet like the animal kind right. you know we want diversity and there's things like alligator and elk and bison and goat and sheep and things like that that all should be in our diets and same okay you don't eat meat or you do eat meat but you also need to diversify your vegetables so most people eat asparagus spinach broccoli cauliflower carrots those are the five main ones mm-hmm. you know but we actually should be eating around 40 different vegetables, mm. you know, in, in a month. We right. should be eating 40 different fruits in a month, you know, because we need that diversity. Our bodies are like screens, and every human's genetically different. We're all different. We're unique. And so what our body catches and what vitamins and minerals work for each of us is different. Right. And our superpowers as each human, it's not a food pyramid that works for everyone. That's great if you think the world's starving because they're hungry. But the world's starving because they lack nutrition. Why? Because they're not getting that diversity. They're just sticking to a food pyramid, which is like three items. Mm-hmm. And then they're eating all this processed crap. Oh, yeah. And sugar yeah. and preservatives and stuff like that that we absorb. We, it compounds in our body just like any other animal. Mm-hmm. You know, we are animals. We, our, body, our body fat, our body muscle it our our organs it holds on to all that chemicals mm-hmm. you know and it compounds and we pass it on to our children and all of that stuff which we don't even realize we're doing but we do and right. you know mostly i would say if you know it's not only about physical strength and, and physical awareness or, or being a better human it's about our mental growth you know and we're living longer now because of modern medicine but we're not our brains aren't functioning Um, as much as they used to, we don't stimulate them as much. Mm -hmm. And when we're not stimulating them as as much, they're not growing as much, but it's not only that it's that we're not feeding them the way they need to be fed. You know, our bodies aren't being fed the way they need to be fed. You know, there's a lot of, uh, obesity and stuff like that. A lot of that just has to do is I'm always hungry 
um, you know, minus mental health. I'm always hungry because I'm not getting enough nutrition. Mm -hmm. You know, and we often think malnutrition is the kid in Africa that's starving that we see on TV. Well, that's not really malnutrition. That is an example of it. But a lot, most malnutrition is actually obesity because we're not getting the diversity of food that we need, the diversity of vitamins, nutrients, and vitamins, like I said. So we're constantly hungry. Our body's wanting it, wanting it, wanting it, wanting it. So there's an insatiable hunger. Right. So, and I know it, like if you, you know, go eat McDonald's five days in a row for two of your meals, you'll be still starving even though you crunch down three to 4,000 calories. Right. You know, because why? There's no vegetables in there. There's no diversity of food in there. That good old McDonald's, man. Yeah. That Big Mac. It's good. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> you know <what> <laughs> Maybe saying? don't eat it more than once a month. Oh, my but, gosh. That's um, like a guilty pleasure. Yeah, me too. <laughs> get like a number 10, yeah. two cheeseburgers and some fries. <laughs> yeah. I'm talking too much. I know. And, hey, my first words were French fry. Oh, so my gosh. It, it just sticks there. But I think, you know, I think that food is the vehicle that's for me like it just stuck for me very early on food made the most sense to make the most impact around the world and i had no idea as i did this like i also am co-founder of gorilla brave which is a food entrepreneur uh group like we're dedicated to doing good in food throughout the world uh it's the event you were at it was yeah. one of our first events mm -hmm. uh launching and that's for the simple fact that there's so many food entrepreneurs in the world there's more of them than anyone else Right. You know, if we voted together, we could change world politics across the world. We could have one party that could actually infiltrate most governments and make a difference. And why do I say food entrepreneurs? Because entrepreneurs in general are um, the right entrepreneurs. I'm not talking about sole proprietors, and I'm not talking about money chasers. Mm -hmm. I'm talking about really entrepreneurs that right. are providing real solutions that build legacies and build dreams and, and change the world for the better. And... If there's a group of food entrepreneurs out there that that see it, which there are a, a, a huge amount that believe in doing the right thing, that believe in providing the right products, that believe in sourcing the right goods and not taking the shortcuts and growing the humans around them. They're not just some young kid trying to make money off of food, for example. And um, those individuals, they amass to a huge amount of people in this world. Mm -hmm. So. You know, it's things like that, that why I go this direction, because I've always thought about on a global scale, like, how would you change the world? Well, I don't want to be a dictator. You know, I don't want to force everyone to do it because what if I'm wrong? Mm -hmm. So how do I do it? Well, I unite the people that are actually making the most difference. And it's not in politics. Okay. Politics is... People don't re understand this. Politics is reactionary. Mm -hmm. Even if we're passing new laws and stuff, they are all reactionary. They're reactionary to whatever's going on in those countries and those economies. And now in today's day and age, we're usually reacting to, you know, maybe it's external factors, but a lot of it is also in business and our laws and how entrepreneurs are functioning within our, within our boundaries across mm -hmm. all countries. Right. You know, you there's every country's got a mom and pop that's running a grocery store or a mart, even uh, even in Russia. You know, it may not look like this. They may not have the same entrepreneurial spirit or the same free thinking we have because they've been conditioned over centuries like cattle, for mm -hmm. lack of a better term, to not be so free thinking. Mm -hmm. um, but 
um, and sorry, Russia, but I was there for the World Cup. Mm-hmm. You guys are just starting to get your entrepreneurial spirit right. back. <laughs> and um, but it's it's like that, you know. How do we keep and we keep pushing that? How do we get everyone to realize that, you know, entrepreneurs, liberty, freedom, capitalism, dreams big enough to fit everyone else's in them, like I said. You know, and impact and influence that they, you have that you don't even realize. I mean, there's hundreds of thousands of entrepreneurs that don't even realize the power they yield. And right. I don't mean power in a bad way or, or whatever to be abused. I mean it in a way that if they, they have an opportunity to make impact, to build a legacy well beyond their business or, or the money they leave behind for their kids or right. their business. So, you know, that's really a lot of what I do is, is sort of I'm – in that in-between space Mm -hmm. i'm the connector between all the pieces you know and that's was food service partners the connection between the hospitals and the vendors and the farms and the the transportation and and eventually we vertically integrated and horizontally integrated in a lot of ways and got into grocery stores and long-term care homes and restaurants and food trucks and direct-to-consumer business you know that's so popular now so you know, I I would say that, hmm. Um, uh, I like to try not to define myself right. anymore, because I have been through an identity crisis in my life, and that comes from def- one defining yourself too much, and two allowing other people to define you too much. You know, and food and food service partners for a long time defined me. Right. You know, even though I was diversified, so. You're like you're like if I saw you in a dictionary, it'll be like uh, Justin. Please see below. Yeah, it'd be you know like, what I'm saying like you you have to hit the drop down menu. Yeah, you know you can't like you can't classify you in any type of. Class. Yeah, it's weird because um, I would say this like six years ago, I probably wasn't any good behind a microphone. Right, you know I wasn't good public speaking, even though I'd done it in front of employees and team members. But it's like stacking the skills mm-hmm. i'm like okay i can do this how do i learn it how do i keep going at it how do i get in my ten thousand hours how do i just all right keep my head down add it to my schedule make it a priority of doing a couple times a week you know and and gain a skill so yeah it'd be like a page long definition because i purposely seek out uncomfort and growth and learning new things and i like learning new things mm-hmm. i like being diverse i like meeting new people right. i like getting exposed to the world around me the entire world and seeing other people's point of views especially and um self-reflecting on what i can do better because that's a lot of it like a lot of growth especially as an entrepreneur or a lot of business opportunities come from this feeling that i need to do a better job me personally like i need to grow i'm not doing the right things mm-hmm. you know and that's that's for me a lot of it is how do i push myself how do i you know mentally physically how do i make my mental tough toughness stronger how do i learn new skills how do i make sure that i don't become a dinosaur like so many men do and let my ego get in the way how do i make sure the napoleonic syndrome doesn't come over me where you know we're great when we're young and life is we seem life will last forever and we're like woo everyone mm-hmm. wins democracy <laughs> but then like we get older and we start feeling like our significance is it doesn't matter we haven't made impact even though we right. have and we get very you know self selfish and wanting uh, wanting our name out there and and wanting to be dictators and in ways even though we don't intentionally see life that way we turn that way and i think 
Uh, it's probably more common for men than women, but it's a lot of that stuff. Like I'm wear, very aware of everything, mm-hmm. so I don't make the mistakes. I get one shot at this. Right. And in doing that, it's been able to build businesses. It's been able to coach and mentor athletes and, and musicians and food entrepreneurs and entrepreneurs in general. Now that's how I met uh, Brett at New York State of Mind. Yeah, it's, yeah. You know, you know, we were at a, an event and then he asked me to help him out and, and coach him a little bit. And, you know, that's led to a longer term relationship and, and interest in his brand, which is the, it's a phenomenal company. Yes, so. it is. Yes. He's, he's doing, he's doing some things. He's definitely on the way up. Always, yeah, always absolutely. He just has to keep that focus. You yeah. Know? One thing you touched on, uh, I think is very important is like the, the mental health yeah. aspect. Cause there's so many people going through stuff behind closed doors. Yeah. They come outside, they look like they're fine. And I just think that, you know, it ties into like what you was talking about, like fine, like, you know what I'm saying? Like you're not taking care of yourself. Yeah. You know, you just don't have it up upstairs, the mental fortitude. And I just think as an entrepreneur, you have to have that. You have yeah. to have that thick skin, I say. Yeah, and you have to have business. If you have partners, you have to have business partners that have that thick skin. Yeah. Okay, because if you're the only one with the thick skin and something like COVID happens, you all of a sudden have all the pressure on you. Mm-hmm. You're the only one. Everyone else is trying to get cozy. They got used to staying at home. Mm-hmm. Even in the food businesses, like managers and executives got used to staying at home, yeah, even though employees rough. are coming in, come doing their job. Yeah. And you're trying to get people back to work, and they don't want to come back to work. We're seeing it with Google right now. They're like, yeah, screw that. We're not going back to work. You know. And it's like, wait, what? Like, who? <laughs> wait, this is a transactional relationship. Mm-hmm. Sorry, but you're paid to come to work. You know, um, but we don't live in we live in a weird era where there's so many rights with the employees. The employers have to figure out ways to inspire people to come to work, not just demand they come to work, you know. And um, so to your point or to the point that I was making or the question. Yeah. Is. Yes, mental toughness is a big thing. And. What's interesting is you have you become tough as nails in some ways. Like you go through something like COVID. I, you know, mentally I was prepared for it. Um, when we went through it, our business grew, obviously, because all the patients running in the hospital, this is like one of those things, like I felt like a warmonger where like really bad stuff's happening and our business is growing, you know, but that's the way it is, whether it's the financial crisis or COVID or 9-11, because we experienced all three of those when you do what everyone else does, which everyone pauses and, oh my gosh, what's going to happen? Nope. You hit the fucking gas. You have mm-hmm. no choice. Right. And then you grow and you become a better business. And, but during COVID because of pushing everyone home, a lot of mental illness came out of that. Mm-hmm. A lot of mental health issues came out of that. And, um, weirdly because of the separation, because of now not having our human support systems, the mental health thing went to the top. We mm-hmm. no longer had the things that gave us comfort. We no longer had the things that kept us stable. We no longer had those habits that we formed to kept us balanced. And so even in business and as entrepreneurs, we just saw this weird spiraling effect. Mm-hmm. You know, I saw it with a lot of my business partners. I saw it with a lot of my managers and supervisors who, you know, had that a lot of fear Okay, around what was going on, number one. But number two, they were running from it. Okay. Mental toughness is not flight. Okay. Mm-hmm. And I've and uh, and recently I've 
fled from a particular situation that I shouldn't have, but that was a mental health issue on my part. Like mm-hmm. it was a mental health thing that I didn't deal with. You know, if we're not willing to fight for something and we don't have the right core values that we believe in, we don't know what we're fighting for. We don't know what we're fleeing from because fight or flight is human nature. Mm-hmm. We are fear-based animals, okay? Fear is how we survive. But it, the problem is, is we're in a state and in a world where we don't need that fear anymore. We're not afraid of the lion that's going to eat us right now. We don't mm-hmm. need to flee or fight it. Right. But we still live that way because we're humans and we're wired that way. And we still know that other humans could be a threat. So there's that fight or flight that's in there, even though it's not needed. And so for me, when you, when you push yourself and you're always pushing yourself to grow, the mental health stuff becomes more prominent, especially if you don't deal with it. It's like that growing giant, mm-hmm. you know, whether it's depression, you know, or whether it's these, you know, am I doing enough? Am I really making impact? Because as entrepreneurs, and, and I'll speak for entrepreneurs, you, there's so many ebbs and flows, and so many learning lessons and so much I wish I would have done that better and I need to go back and learn from it that they can be very lonely and it can be very a lot of self-pity, weirdly, if you're not careful. And that can lead to a lot of darkness, mm-hmm. especially when you're becoming successful initially. Right. I don't know why, but that's, I mean, it happened to me, um, particularly during COVID when I have all this pressure on me. I'm the one in the facilities because not many other people want to even go or travel or they got used to being at home or whatever. And you're trying to deal with business partners who are dealing with a mental health issue, whether they're realizing it or not, they're afraid, they're dealing with other things, they're, they're not wanting to work anymore, they're, whatever's going on um, in a lot of cases, you know, the, a lot of it is worse than that. And you're then carrying all the weight. Mm -hmm. So you've got to be prepared to carry the weight as an entrepreneur, as a human, for your family. And a lot of people think like, oh, you know, does that mean I never panic? Does that mean that I don't have a panic attack? Of course, like I have panic attacks. I'm an anxiety-driven person. I have anxiety and that's why I, I am who I am. Like if I harness it properly and I use it not as a mental health issue, but as a mental health thing that I understand as my superpower, that I'll be like, okay, I'm uneasy with this. I need to take action, okay? That's how you get rid of anxiety. That's how you get rid of panic. Get back to reality, take a step forward to mm-hmm. whatever it is that's causing you that thing. And it took me a while to realize that because right. during COVID, when I'm taking it all on and my business partners are now not who I thought they were after 24 years or 20 years or some of my managers because COVID really changed people. Like that isolation changed everyone's mental health. Mm-hmm. It really, it'll be there for a long time. It's going to affect the children who didn't go to school, that had that college break. We weirdly, all of a sudden, were social beings. And now we're trying to be social beings again. But everyone's almost got this weird guard. And and we don't even realize it. But as I'm saying it, you know, I hope the audience can see that in business, in life, there's a lot of people that just plowed through COVID, but there's still this almost underlying stench, right? This underlying stench of trust, this underlying stench of getting close to people, this, this underlying stench of being afraid that someone might pass away suddenly mm-hmm. this, this thing that we can't get too close to people. You know, I, how many loving relationships fell apart during COVID or because of COVID or during COVID, mm-hmm. um, or after because of the stress of it and the mental anxiety of it. You know, I think, 
you know, if people were going through tough times before COVID and then COVID happened, it just compounded it. Right. And that's where that, that squeezing comes out. So, uh, you know, how do I identify that now? Principles over personalities, right? That's how you stop it. If you want good relationships, if you want good business partners, if you want good businesses, if you want a happy family life, you've got to look for the individuals that share your principles. Mm-hmm. You know, it's gr- oh great, I get along with my wife now. Am I going to get along with my wife in the long run? Because you grow, we change. There's stress. You know, there's been three crises in my lifetime, right. and just in my business lifetime, I. And when I was a kid, I can't even remember the other ones, Reaganomics and, you know, Gulf Wars and and whatever else there were, you know, and real estate markets and Y2K and all that crazy stuff, I guess. I was, actually, no, there were four in my business life. I forgot yeah. about Y2K yeah, and everyone panicking over nothing. Yeah. The world's going to die. And like, I'm in business for two years. I'm like, no, I can't lose. How am I going to get the food to the hospitals? Not a goddamn thing. That was happened. pretty funny, though. Yeah. They didn't base it on facts. It just was like people were scared. Like, yeah. I don't know who started that shit. No, oh, the computer's not going to dial over to 2000. Yeah, it's just going to just stop. Everything's going to stop. Yeah, yeah. It would just the Bro. computer would just go to like 1900, okay? Jeez, Louise. That was the thing. And yeah. I realized that late. I mean, I realized that I had a company then also called Millennium Bridge and we were selling a lot of that Y2K software. Because I'm like, okay, well, let's see what this is all about <laughs> exactly. and let's explore. But then funny when I got into selling the crap out of I'm like yeah, you need it so your computer will turn over to 2000, but you don't, your computer will still run just fine exactly. at 1900 and nothing bad's going to happen in the world. Nothing, because it's just a computer, you know, at that time anyway. They didn't have the impact they have now. Right. So it's that type of stuff. Like, how do we find those principles, the individuals that have the core values? And I'm not saying if you have a panic attack, dude. That's life. Like, I'm your bud, man. I'm going to give you a hug. We're going to work through it. Mm -hmm. And I'm not going to judge you. Like, that's what I'm talking about. And I I don't care what your mental health issues. I care about your principles. And we're going to get through it. You know, I'm a business partner or not. So when I say, how do you pick the right ones? There's there's those who compact things or deal with life through principles. And those there's those who let life happen to them. You know, it's either for me or to me. You know, and for me is I live by principles. To me is I live by personalities. You know, I'm blaming others. That happened to me. Oh, my gosh. Why does this always happen to me? My personality, me, self-pity, personality. But if I live by principles and core values, ethics and morals, you know, commandments, whatever you want to call them, that helps deal with a lot of those things. Because a lot of mental health is the instability of self, mm-hmm. you know, and some of it's chemicals and some of it's stuff we can't help but if we can ground ourselves in our character it helps a lot from my experience and i've had believe me uh, and i will share this with the audience i've almost jumped off a bridge one time in my life i mean i've had there's been times where i I haven't wanted to live but i necessarily didn't want to die but there's been a really bad depressive period where food service partners went away over the last year my relationships weirdly got weird because of COVID. Everyone who I thought they weren't weren't who I thought they were. I realized the personality over the per- principles over personality thing to the full extent during COVID. You know, I saw a lot of people that I was surrounding myself because we were financially successful that were only in it for the money. Mm-hmm. They weren't in it for the food or bettering the patients or or doing right for the clients or the customers or the end goal, which is the world. 
you know, or growing the legacy down the road because that's what food is. If you're in the food game, you have to realize you're making an impact on the future. Mm-hmm. The minute I agree I'm going to own a restaurant, a food truck, whatever, like, and many individuals don't realize this because it's such a crisis period of trying to get a business store, you're actually determining the future. If you have a good product and people buy the shit out of your product, but you're selling garbage and you're going to sell garbage for a hundred years, you're impacting the world in a negative way. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, you may get rich, but that money's man-made. It ain't getting you, it ain't getting you there, and it ain't a principle that's going to get you. And you're always going to be feeling not enough. And you'll get in your 50s, 60s, like a lot of people do, and get on their deathbed. And what did I do with my life? Even though they have money, yeah. what I do with my life? What a what a waste! Oh God, I wasted so much time making money. Okay, where if individuals that live by principles and run their businesses by principles and core values. And the money comes, the money just becomes the trophy. It becomes the reward for doing the right thing, not right. the other way around. You know? So that's why, that's why so many, I think, uh so many like quote unquote successful people that are just so disciplined, you know what I'm saying? They just so, you know, they just hate themselves. Yeah. They can't live with themselves and they exactly. end up killing themselves. Yeah. And they're like these multimillionaires who people think they have the world. Yeah, but in reality, what do they really have? Like you said, it's like it's like having a hollowed, hollow reward. Like congratulations, you got what you wanted. Yeah, exactly. Now live with it. Yeah, and it comes, you know, and it doesn't need to come with those burdens, right? But because the way the struggle is, and it's very individualistic, it's like putting on our own mask first and having to lead ourselves first before we can lead others. That we often get in this selfish state, and we often think we're more important than we are you know and i think we put a lot of pressure on ourselves in our mental state and then we don't know why we're not doing better or mm-hmm. we start comparing ourselves to other entrepreneurs or other businesses and everyone knows comparisons the freaking key to suffering like just you know and that's what covid did also once we all went into our homes and didn't go to work anymore we're already comparative as humans anyway mm-hmm. Now put us in a state where we're at home and we have too much time on our hands on a regular basis. Now I'm comparing myself to what everyone else has because now I'm on social media all the time. Everyone's taking pictures and photographs way more. You saw social media go through the roof during COVID because that's all people did. Right, yeah. No, and you know, right. everyone's getting the little tag that says, you know, Corona or whatever that is mm-hmm. today, happy day, and that thing blew up. Yeah. So now everyone's sharing way more. And so now there's this huge comparison going on on a social media that's never been done before and in business, and now you have this massive comparison and suffering um, because we're comparing ourselves to someone else, and I don't have what they have. Well, of course, not on the outside. No one does. Everyone's different. Yeah. And not on the inside either, but what people don't, people want what other people have versus just chasing what I'm meant to have. Right. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that, I mean, that's a good point you made. Um, Yeah, it's like, like when I, I do a lot of um, internet stuff, social media stuff, I never look and see, like, it never bothers me to see somebody doing something else. Yeah. Because I'm so wrapped up in what I'm doing. Yeah. And, like, like I've just got some good news from one of my friends. He's, like, you know, going into a very hard um, uh, job, but he he deserves it. Like, I'm so happy for him, but it just motivates me to do more. You yeah. know what I'm saying? That's how I've always been. Like, I don't care, like, what you're doing. I don't care. If you're so successful, I need to be successful. So, but if but if I can get some tips from the person, or if I can see something that'll motivate me to do something else, I do it. But there's some people that they don't think like that. Yeah, they see stuff and they're like, 
oh, you know, why is he getting that? So like a crab in the barrel mentality. Yeah. And exactly. instead of pushing yourself, all this negativity push out. Like, yeah. oh, well, fuck him. Yeah, exactly. Or whatever, but like, screw him. Yeah, and it's almost like knock down. To build the tallest building, you have two choices. You either build the tallest building or you knock down all the other buildings. Yeah. And I think a lot of entrepreneurs are so uber competitive that whether it's at the beginning or not, eventually they start focusing on the competition or mm -hmm. they start focusing and comparing themselves versus just sticking to themselves. And that comparison, even with wealth, like I said, and even within their businesses, their businesses, even if they've been successful 20, 30, 40 years, suddenly take a turn for the worst. And everyone's like, oh, how did that happen? It's a successful business culture or what happened? Maybe the owner left or it's really none of those things. What happens is they stop living by principles They right. because and if they ever lived by them in the first place, but they start comparing themselves or they start worrying too much or they become so hyper competitive that they focus on crushing their competition right. versus just crushing themselves from yesterday. Yeah. What, what should you focus on? I need to be better than myself today. You want, you know, a lot of mental health is, is that comparison too, is that panic of, of what I don't have or that, that feeling of, of things. And then there's, it, don't get me wrong. There's a lot of different forms, and and I'm not a therapist, but right. it's for me and my experience, and from being in the hospitals and around food and around the mental health game and helping a lot of people that have suddenly gone through this. It also has a lot to do with lack of love mm -hmm. for one another. Uh, we don't love ourselves, so we want it from someone else. Um, we don't. We choose relationships that aren't loving in the way that they should be or friendships we look for fitting in versus belonging you know and then you know it's same in business you want your business to do well belong don't try to fit in you know you want you want your podcast to succeed belong you know mm -hmm. meaning be true to yourself love yourself first and then people that have a similar mindset similar principles that that can see that you love you for you will love you for you too even as you grow and change mm -hmm. you know because they're growing and changing and loving themselves and loving you in the same way that they love themselves it took me a long time to figure that out mm -hmm. long time right you know a lot of mistakes a lot of trying to figure out what i was doing and it took me a long time you know before i truly figured out that doing the right thing and the reward of helping another human growing another human feeding them the right food was way more rewarding and gifted than the money because you know 5200 square foot house you know cars lake house four wheelers whatever still not happy mm -hmm. still almost jump off a bridge <laughs> exactly. right exactly. like craziest yeah. thing like i don't even know who i am at that point exactly. because my whole world and my identity just folded because it was tied to everything versus mm -hmm. tied to who I am right. and my own core values. Even though for some reason I was very successful in doing all those things, it all of a sudden just hit me, you know, over the last year. And even if you look back in the podcast, I've always been in this space and positivity and stuff like that. But I allowed other people's mental health, other people's negativity, other people's negative opinion of me because I was successful and other people putting me down to really get in my head because they were close friends and family because and because over 24 years I had built something 
that was successful and very financially successful, but I didn't realize, again, it was about the money to most people. Mm -hmm. And I get it. People work for money and it's transactional, but you can determine what kind of employees you have. You can determine what type of people you're, you attract in your organization or humans or into your life. And it's very important that you actually do a job of like, I hate to say it, but interviewing and getting to know people and spending time with them. That's why I like networking. Mm-hmm. I get to spend time with people and my network gets bigger. Right. But it's now always the same. Over the last year, especially after this moment I'm talking about when we talk about mental health as an entrepreneur and as I'm rebuilding companies, I'm looking at it differently. How do I not only become a business but and, and change the world through food or through mentorship or through media or through internet or whatever I'm in, TV, you know, all of the things that I'm in, uh, grocery store, whatever, mm-hmm. is how do I actually make it a place that the humans can grow? positively combat mental health that may happen because it comes out of nowhere. Mm -hmm. Something can just trigger a mental health issue just like that. Yeah, just out of the blue. Out of the blue. Mm -hmm. Next thing you know, the Pandora's box opened up in your brain and there's, you know, you're ruminating and you can't stop, you know? Mm -hmm. And so how do we make it so our environments are, are, are that in our businesses? And, you know, it's interesting as everyone's like, no, 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 I don't want to go to work. I need to stay at home. They're in actually inevitably creating mental health issues for themselves. They're creating that isolation that we're not meant to have as humans. We are social beings. We live in communities. We live in families. We're, we're not like a matriarch or a patriarch society, even though everyone wants to think so. We're actually a totally family-based thing. When we succeed is when we're growing ourselves, growing our families, and there's a little bit of discomfort mm-hmm. in the process. And it's the same in business. And it, you know, it going through all this, going through the heartaches, going through business partners and, and like across all these companies that I had at the time who didn't see a lot of this, which is, I get it. We're here. We need to take care of our families financially, but we also need to build for the future. How do we build for the future? Which is, okay, you know, we need to grow humans. They need to be promoted. If you're stuck in your job for the rest of your life, it's great you're going to start being like, what am I really worth? Mm -hmm. And you're not going to do your job as well as you did today as you did 20 years ago when it was fresh and you were hot and heavy. I mean, there's just, that's the way it is. So you've got to keep things fresh. And it's not just training and it's not just whatever. And it's not just company picnics. It's how do you actually create these environments where the humans are allowed to grow within their jobs, to grow within their life, and that they can have what I would call a visionary thread, which is a thread that streams whether the same person, whether they're at home, whether they're out in their community, whether they're um, at work, or whether they're on their sports team, for example. You know, how do where a lot of humans, they almost go like chameleon based on their environment. You know, you know, I'll watch like a business partner when I'm at work, and then when we go out, they're like a different person. Mm-hmm. You know, like, come on, like, what is that? Well, you don't know who you are. You're not comfortable with who you are, obviously. And I get it uh, adjusting to your situation. But the reality is, is you need to be you, mm-hmm. period. Not belong. I mean, not fit in, belong by being you. Find a place where you belong. You know, stop trying to fit in. And that's what I was talking about. Like adjusting that chameleon is me trying to fit in and almost me trying to manipulate the situation to get something out of it. 
Okay. What should I be getting out of it? Growth. Period. The rest comes. Mm-hmm. The money, the the financial success, the relationships that matter. All of that comes when we surround ourselves with the right right people with the right principles. And that's because we're living by the right principles, laws of attraction, right? Mm-hmm. So um, from a mental health standpoint and business and entrepreneur, there's a lot of that. Just because I've been through it recently, right. um, you know, being around it, getting through it, and then having to deal with it myself and losing my identity weirdly in the process. You know, what am I going to do now? There's no food service partners I did for 24 years. From mm-hmm. when I was 18, I spent more time doing that than anything else in my life. Right. Fuck, what did I do? Why did I get rid of that business? You know, it's like, <laughs> what an idiot. I thought I had more time for my family. And then my family's like, oh, you know, what's wrong with you? You know, like, right. and that's a whole other thing is because when everyone's going through a crisis, no one has time for each other. And so COVID was a crisis for everyone. So your support system, even if it was your spouse sitting across the counter from you, they're going through it at the same time where in relationships, unless you're business partners and you're both going through the same crises in your business and in your home, there's a lot of times where you may be going through a personal crisis, like a midlife crisis, but your spouse is not, so they can be a supportive role. You're going through a bad thing at work. They can be a supportive role. But when both of you and, and your kids and everyone are having the exact same crisis, there is no support system to get out of that motherfucker. Right. And it is downward hole alone in between our head in that brain of ours riding alone okay it's great that we have our big ass brains as humans but riding in that thing alone by yourself exploring it bad idea (laughs) you gotta have friends you gotta have family members you gotta have support systems that you can talk honestly brutally honest like dude i got really mad i felt like killing a dude the other day you know that we're friends. You're like, Justin's not a murderer. Right. But I might need to say it out loud. And you're like, dude, that's a really bad thought. Why would that upset? What did he do that triggered you? And it's like, and you're not going to be like, yeah, you should have beat him up. No, a good friend would be like, dude, why do you feel that way? What? What? He's nobody. Why would you get upset about that person? Maybe there's something going on there you need to look at. You mm-hmm. know? Uh, and that's like a support system because we think support system is having your back no matter what, dude. It's not really having my back no matter what means you call me out of my shit. You know, you have my back and maybe there's a fight we believe in because we agree with it principle wise. But I don't need you fighting my battles for me. I need you to support me and hold me accountable, you know, as a friendship. And I think in the world today, too many relationships aren't that way. Mm -hmm. Not in business, not in life. We want to be liked. We want to be likable. Right. So we want to fit in. So we don't we don't take care of our mental health. We try to be someone else who we're not. And then all of a sudden our identity goes like wrong. <laughs> you know, this who I think I am. This is me trying to fit in gap here, right. mental health issue. Jeez. Right? Yes, sir. So uh we got about five more minutes. Oh, that's it? Yeah, man. man. Yo, this thing it goes pretty quick, bro. Yeah, I know. I'm a quick. talker. Sorry. No, it's that. dope, bro. Trust me. Like Josh knows this, it's just hard. Sometimes it's hard to get people to talk. Yeah, you got to like keep on like, like dangling the carrot, dangling the <laughs> carrot. I literally just had to give you a bowl of carrots. You just went off and took the carrots and kept on running. <laughs> yeah, I'm a fucking rabbit, too. which is awesome, bro. <laughs> but uh, real quick, so what's next for Justin? What's next? What you got? I mean, I'm in a 
it's interesting because my whole life fell apart over the last year. Mm-hmm. Like everything, 33 businesses over the last seven years were spun off or, or sold or bankrupted. Um, my family life weirdly fell apart in a lot of ways um, and trying to figure that out. And so I'm literally, it's almost like I went back to the bottom mm-hmm. um, with a head full of knowledge and obviously more resources. Um, but... I weirdly am living in a state where I don't need much. It's like weirdly Elon Musk just recently, like maybe a few months ago or a year ago, talked about bouncing around and living on his friends' couches. Okay, I'm not like that. Right. But I get the... the, the you, get what he's saying. you get what he's saying. Yeah, I don't... All of a sudden, all the things I had, all the stuff that I thought would define me or or give me definition or respect or whatever you suddenly realize it doesn't matter Mm -hmm. and so i'm literally i would say building from rock bottom um you know i didn't i lost i feel i lost everything i didn't lose everything my life is still here right right? yeah i have my friends Mm -hmm. i have my new support system that i'm building but it's literally like all like god did for me what i couldn't do for myself in a way Okay, I'm just going to say this because sometimes when we pray a lot and we want life and we're like, what's going on? And we're going through mental health. God will literally strip you away of your life. And all of a sudden it makes that mental health issue worse. Mm -hmm. But the reality is he's helping you get rid of the things you can't get rid of yourself. And that's what had happened to me. Right. Like that's like because I was so far along, because I was so loyal to the business and didn't want to get rid of loyal people, even though they were not necessarily productive i didn't know how to deal with that and there's families were depending on us um i let things go on too long but now that i'm where i am and i reflect i was actually doing them a disservice i wasn't allowing them to grow i was actually causing them to become worse or have mental health issues because i wasn't pushing them to grow i was letting them be comfort and not doing the right thing so what's in store um i'm building like i said freedom nice. foods right. um i'm doing gorilla brave which is the the food network or the networking group basically of food entrepreneurs uh freedom foods which will go after contract foods and and grocery stores and restaurants and stuff like that again uh, as we rebuild that but it's different now mm-hmm. you know i'm working on a show a tv show called foodtopia uh, where we just did screen tests and stuff for that. That'll nice. hopefully launch in the fall. Okay. You know, and that's about, you know, exposing the humans through food, but not like an Anthony Bourdain or a Zac Efron show, mm-hmm. okay? Or a dives, drives, and dine-ins or whatever that is. Mm-hmm. This is actually how do we use food as the vehicle to expose humans through the actual stories of the entrepreneurs from the farmers all the way to where that food is served in every city in the world. So we see the difference as humans. We and Entrepreneurs are a great way to tell that story of how we're different, to give us exposure, to educate ourselves, to show the experience we need to gain in the world. Because just going on having a food show and being like, oh, let's eat at this restaurant and let's eat this food, that's great. But by the time you turn it off, you don't remember what it was. Mm-hmm. So you're not really making an impact. You're not really having influence. So it's really about how are we giving these nuggets of information? How are we connecting the pieces? How are we growing the individuals watching the show? How are we telling the story of humanity through food and how important it is and how important food is for our future, you know, and the impact it it makes around the world and how important breaking bread actually is for mental health, Mm -hmm. you know, and how important eating properly 
putting the right stuff into our bodies is for mental health also mm-hmm. because that's where we're living off of. That's our fuel source. Right. If I'm got to, you know, sometimes it's like I hate to say it, but if I'm putting 93 octane in my car or I'm putting 87 in my car, right? And people are like, oh, it doesn't matter. The car runs the same. Not really. Okay, you're still burning better at 93. Your engine will last longer at 93 over a longer period of time. Do I always put 93 in my car? No. But I do know that that's a better product. Mm -hmm. It costs more money, so it's a better product. And that's with food, too. Sometimes better costs more. And that's hard when you're financially stressed, for sure, uh, because processed foods are easy and cheap. But you you know you have to figure it out. There's there's ways around it, and there's educating yourself. So, you know that's what I'm doing is how do I bring use food as a vehicle? How do I um, connect other entrepreneurs where I'm a catalyst, not the leader? Mm. Okay, and maybe by default I'm leading this, but I'm more of a catalyst than a than the leader. I don't I don't need to be at the forefront. It it takes an army, right? You know to make change in this world. Nice. So yes, sir. That's. Dope. Thank you guys. Yes, man. Thank you, Justin, for coming. Yeah. Um, I hope he... that was a good season finale there. Nah, it was dope, bro. It was dope. You know what I'm saying? You're getting the Josh, the 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 click of approval. <laughs> yeah. But where can they find you online if you want them to find you? Yeah, you can find me on Instagram at Justin Bizarro. That's B I double Z A double R O. And, uh, you know, that's my main spot. I'm on LinkedIn. I'm uh, having to update my LinkedIn account because I don't really use, like social media. I use it right. um, for my myself, but it doesn't dominate my life. Right. Um, because um, yeah, it shouldn't. It's, it's, a, it's the it's mental a health thing, man. Yeah, it's a vehicle. You so. use it. You uh, use it accordingly. Yeah. So if you want to email me, you can email me at justin at justinryancompanies.com or at justin.bizarro at gmail.com. Either okay. works. And you can find me on Instagram, uh, Pull Up the Facebook. Uh, TikTok, I'm everywhere. Um, the Soup Pea Podcast, we are on just about every podcast provider. Definitely check the YouTube out because this um this episode will be up Monday. Um, check the Patreon. It'll be up on Patreon probably a day before. So if you sign up for the Patreon, it's five dollars. You can hear Justin and see Justin because I have both versions up there. Cool. Um, thank you, Josh, for another. It was like kind of like you, half a season because I was here and then I was left and then i'm back but yeah you know brooklyn podcasting is the best podcasting uh studio yeah this place is sweet any podcast needs please uh hit josh you know i know his information is on the website um (laughs) yeah i'm just trying to you know tie it up with a bow and send me off because i'm gonna be gone well i'm gonna be recording guys i just won't be putting them out because i have like Guess if you would like to be on the show, I have to say this. I haven't said this before. The soupy podcast at gmail.com. Hit me up on the on the on the internets. And yeah, yeah, I may respond and you may be on the show. But it's you may not. It, guys. Yeah, but Bro. don't yeah, but don't take it personal if I don't respond right away because I'm very busy. <laughs> I got stuff going on with Danny Cortez and a whole lot of stuff. I'm making clothes. It's just a whole lot of stuff going on. And check the Etsy store out. Um, I will have new versions. I just gave uh, Justin one Rich Five collaboration coming out soon. Um, I got a trades only bro uh, trades only bro collaboration coming out too. I just have to make the shirt and I'm making it into the reality. But thank you for everybody supporting the show and watching the show. And you know, just check the reels and I have little videos here and there coming out. Um, yeah, I'm gonna get out of here. I'm babbling now. 
Uh, obrigado and uh, be safe. Super podcast. We're out. <laughs>